0: gray guard adding some ammunition in the are in the recruiting class of 2025 we're going to talk about it and more plus expansion talk on today's locked on badgers let's go you are locked on badgers your daily podcast on the wisconsin badgers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers Your Team every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Uh, it's been a heavy news cycle for, for a minute here. Do want to welcome everybody in. I'm your host, Ryan Harings, as always. Really do appreciate it. Uh, let's get Justin in and let's just start chopping it up because we have things to discuss, my friend. How are you?
1: We do. I'm doing good. How are we doing, people? Fire I'll tell you how we are. the
0: recruiting cannons. <laughs> yeah. Another one is headed to Madison
1: on Wisconsin.
0: Listen, it's a special show when we can fire the cannons for basketball.
1: An right? unexpected we, one, yeah.
0: We don't get to do it often. Um, Zach Kinzinger, I think Kinzinger? that's pronounced Kissinger. Ah, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Kinzinger,
1: I think that's how it's pronounced.
0: Okay, Kinzinger, a 6'3", 175-pound in-state, shooting guard, 25 class, Uh, commits to the Badgers interesting get not a big offer list yet although there are some bigger name schools that have started to to kind of poke around there so I think the offer list could have potentially grown uh interesting player Justin are you are you excited about this start to the class
1: I like him I look at his film and what I saw with him is I see a guy who's got a real nice quick release I think he's got a better handle than Connor already um, you, t- you and I talked about him and I said, like, I think worst case, you're looking at a guy who's a really good bench player. And the, the top end of this is probably somebody that could be similar to Connor. I don't think he's going to have quite that release. And I think Connor's a little craftier as a player, but I think Kinziger has got a better handle. I think he'll be a better defender day one when he comes in. Um, so two things there that I think really help. I mean, would you be shocked if he ends up being a little like, uh, klezmet? type player
0: I I think that's a fair projection potentially uh uh, probably a bit of a different player Dom says what's up y'all uh what's up Dom thanks for joining in my friend I I will point out one of the notes I made before the show uh he's been doing really well in the EYBL the EYBL is an elite
1: second leading scorer
0: yeah 17.1 points per game I believe it is he's a pure Um, shooter that's that's an elite uh collection of amateur talent so uh, actually, Mason Sinsala put that up here. Mason says, uh, average more points in the EYBL than highly touted prospect Cooper Flag. One of the most efficient scores in the country. country. Badgers got him before he was going to blow up. It's a similar, you would say a similar thing about Jack Robinson, Not in the EYBL, but a guy yeah. that the Badgers got before. He could have blown up a little bit more, a good score. I, I would say this. Let me give you my good and my my I don't want to say bad, my worrisome. And I also want to point out that I, I certainly need to watch more film here and talk to more people. This is my first kind of take. But I like the I like the 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 tools in the bag, right? Mm-hmm. Um scored a lot, a lot of different ways, is able to shoot from three, good range, pretty nice shot, good form, but also gets to mid-range, finishes around the rim, pretty good size, can stop and pop, has a mid-range game, showed a mm-hmm. bit of a step back into a three. Uh, shooting off the move. So I think there's a lot of offensive skill here, which translates to the next level. Mm-hmm. The The worrisome part for me, and I don't know if it's a big deal or not. He's, I don't know if he's a point guard. I don't think he's quite a point guard. And I don't think he has he's a combo of size to be a, a really, I, I would like a, sh- a little bigger shooting guard. I think he's a little smaller than a siege. And I think he's six two ish um, might be of a bit it defensively. It might be of a, a bit of a gray area there. And I wonder about the athleticism, that might limit the ceiling a little bit, but I think it's a good get.
1: Do you think physically it kind of projects closer like Gasser?
0: Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you this three
1: guy who's probably a solid athlete, but not super flashy.
0: mm -hmm. I I tell you this, when I see, and we talked about this off, off the air, when I see highlight films of breakaway layups, (laughs) it it just makes you want, like, he's not an NBA athlete, which is fine by the way, that the Badgers have made hay with guys who aren't quite NBA elite athletes, right? It, um, so I, I really do like to get up. I'm not trying to be the, the pickup. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm not trying to be overly negative. Uh, I think there's a lot of offensive skill. I think there's good size. I think he's going to be an impactful college player and a score if he continues developing, but I don't know if the ceilings there as a, an elite, yeah. elite shooting guard.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Um, and, and Hey, neither one of us is going to be sad if he turns into a stud. Um, but I think he's got a very high floor. And you look at him, and he's a guy who is like this is not going to end up being a wasted scholarship. This is a guy who is going to provide value to the team for sure. There's just too much like talent there from a from a how developed he is currently. Um, he's he's a little like Brad Davison. He's coming in, he's probably got a little more ceiling than Brad did. Um, but he comes in and you look at him and it's like, this guy's gonna play a lot for us.
0: Yeah. I love that take because I I I think he, and uh, Cannon L says, love the late shows, keep me entertained, let's go. I, I do think he's going to play a lot, and that's a recruiting win, right? Mm-hmm. The, the term role player gets thrown around a lot in, in basketball, much like the you know, game manager for quarterbacks mm-hmm. at the college level, right? Um, but there is such a thing as a an elite role player, a, a great role player. Yeah. And that is incredibly valuable to a basketball team. It's, it's not belittling, like – I think he's going to do a lot of things that help winning basketball. He's going to space the court. He's going to play defense. He's going to be versatile. Uh, he can score in different ways. He's going to put pressure on defenses. So, in in a lot of ways, he's going to make everybody around him better. And I do really like this pickup. He just can't be the the high upside guy. To clap. Yeah, to he, he's the he's not song. your
1: he's not your primary scorer, but All he's right. a guy that most definitely. I would not be shocked if he, he's going to have multiple games where he has three, four, five threes in a game because he's a knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is another guy that if you get some dudes that can provide some athleticism on the court is going to be highly productive because he's going to get easy opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I like again like there's there's value in projectability right there's Mm -hmm. value in kind of knowing what you're getting from a guy you can't take a class full of athletic upside guys who don't have skill and hope you can develop Mm -hmm. them all you need you need players especially at wisconsin you need players who you have a really good feeling are going to be able to come in and play at a consistent level to set the floor to set the foundation and then you augment it with Mm -hmm. an an aj store you augment it with a nolan winter uh and i think that's a winning formula in wisconsin so uh, and the other thing I'd say really quick is how many times have we talked about Guards' ability to evaluate early, like this staff's ability to evaluate early. They're in on him early. This is a plan, a target for them, and I feel pretty good about
1: that. One of the other things I really like about him is he plays with nice pace. And what I mean is that he doesn't ever get out of sorts when you watch him with the ball in his hands. Doesn't dribble into guys and stuff like that. Like if you watch his camp footage from when he was at the Wisconsin camp, you'll see guys who are moving too fast for their own good, and it ends up getting him into bad situations. That's not where you're getting here. This is a guy who's, who understands what he's trying to do on the court and knows where he wants to go with the ball and and just makes the smart play at his at his pace. It does not get sped up by anybody on the court.
0: Yep, I think that's well said. Um, Badger says, late night with Ryan and friends, and he's got the beer emoji. Yep, best believe it. <laughs> yeah. Adam Otto says, Badger's after dark. Keith Janke says, uh, love it. Tyler Strieber, Badgers After Dark. You guys are amazing. Really do appreciate it. Um, Zach Bartz, Kitzinger is a solid ed to start this class. May not be the flashiest guy, but he's a solid scorer. Lighting it up in the EYBL was the leader on an undefeated team. That's a good point. Um, his high school team went 30-0 state title. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you like getting kids from that pedigree. I think winners know how to win, right? You don't have mm-hmm. to get them in college and then teach them how to be part of a winning culture. Um, we've seen the football side get a lot of state championship level players as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good culture locker room thing. Um, don't badger me says, oh, he says, Hey guys, this was, I think, he, there we go. Uh, here's a second part of the statement. He said, Hey guys, this was positive news after losing Jackson, Jackson McAndrew. Yeah. It's, it's a nice gift for great guard for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, there was a comment in here about, does he remind you of Zach Showalter? I think Showalter was more athletic.
1: Yeah. He was much more explosive. Uh, I think he's a, he's a, a far better shooter than, than Showalter was coming in. Walter's a solid shooter by his senior year, but he was not the, the same type of scorer.
0: Yep, sorry. Yeah, I had to mute for a sec, but yeah, I, I agree with that. This There's a lot of skill here, and this this adds to a trend of of skill that have that has been coming really the last two and a half classes, mm-hmm. right, two classes. Greyguard has focused on bringing in shooters, bringing in skill, mm-hmm. and it's it has a chance to be a really good shooting team overall. Uh, We're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show. Come back. We have a bunch more comments. We're going to talk football practice updates. Where is Justin on his Everest confidence meter? We'll we'll, we'll (laughs) ping him on that one. Plus some more thoughts on expansion. Let us know in the comment section, are you feeling good with this latest expansion for the Big Ten? Uh, But first we're going to get into a quick break for our friends of the show over at LinkedIn. And as we've talked about, you have to get the right pieces in place for a long time that's what linkedin's all about these days every small hire small businesses you have to make the right hires you have to get the right people in and that's what linkedin is for every hire every opportunity to interview people linkedin can help you get the right people in the door faster and quicker and easier and it's why small businesses continue to rank linkedin number one among leading competitors for delivering quality higher safe screening tools that help you get rid of all the stuff that doesn't need to be in there. Justin talked about the spaghetti strain or the colander. Is that the colander? Colander. Colander that gets rid of all the stuff you don't want. You keep the spaghetti. The spaghetti are the good candidates. That's what you want to be interviewing. You don't want to be interviewing the dirty spaghetti water. That's what LinkedIn's here for. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Poster job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. Poster job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, let's uh, keep this going, Justin. I was told I should call you the big ragu for your cooking knowledge. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that is definitely not not accurate. I, I am by no means any type of real chef. All
0: right, let's 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 get into some football practice thoughts. Let's just go back and forth with things that have interested us over the first three days. Mm-hmm. Um, let me start with one, that, and this is one we both talked about off air, so this is an easy one. Bryson Green looks every bit the part. Like, he looks every bit as advertised. Big, physical, potential number one receiver. Let's go.
1: He is, I would say, going back, he could be better than Cephas this year. Like, that type of – when I – have the the footage we've seen of him, just some of the things that he looks like he's going to be able to do. And I – Cephas is great. I think Bryson Green is a guy who could be a top three-round pick by the time all is said and done. Like, I think he's a little bit more – has a little bit more top speed than, than what Cephas did, which was really the thing that held him back. Um, he's just a brute out on the field. Like when Cephas was a physical dude and this guy's 10 pounds heavier than him and shorter, that, that kind of tells you all you need to know. But he can go up and make plays, and he's gonna he's gonna be more physical and stronger than anyone that's across from him the entire season. Like, there's not gonna be a corner that's gonna go out there that's gonna be six foot two fifteen standing across from him that's going to be able to do things to them, unless you're going to throw safety on them. And we're not putting them in the seam most likely. So that's probably not going to happen.
0: It is nice to be able to create some mismatches, right? With, mm-hmm. What other schools have done for a long time in the conference, the Penn State, the big receivers, Ohio State. Um, Luke Fickle was talking about, he had pressed, uh, post-practice availability today and they asked about, I forget who did, but somebody asked about Bryson green and you can just see there's times
1: we can read Face lights up and he's like, <laughs> he's like giggling. He's like the <laughs> yeah,
0: like kid the four-year-old who unwrapped like a remote control car for Christmas. Right. He's like, Oh yeah, this is what we were waiting for.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Give me, give me something from your end. That's, um, intrigued you for through the first three days here.
1: Um, the defense sounds like it's been great so far. Um, and I, I, there has been some some positives that we've seen from the the offense, too. Mainly that the running game looks like it's going to be legit. The offensive line looks like it has talent and is going to play up this year. Um, but the defense sounds like it's it's going to be very athletic and fast. And the corners sound like they're going to be very physical and aggressive, which is something that we have been waiting for, uh, these guys to be able to come up and make plays. And it sounds like we hit on some of those transfers. Now, it's it's early. We, we'll see how it plays out the rest of camp. But like forkeren and some of these other guys are making plays, and that's what you really want to see come in from guys that you're hoping to provide depth is early on they're still find, you know feeling their way through the system and they're making plays. So if we can find a couple of guys that can really add to the depth of the corner room, I feel really good about it because I think the starting guys that we have right now are going to be great. I, I think this is going to be a top 15 defense when all is said and done.
0: I mean, if it's a top fifteen defense with the offense that we're hopeful to put on the field, this team's going to be ridiculously dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Niger Forker in the transfer, the Division two transfer, he was exciting. He was a Division two All American. Mm-hmm. Uh, came in as really good size. Definitely somebody who's interesting. He just there's was the, the bad clip of him trying to guard Will Pauling in the corner of the end zone. But Will Pauling's going to do that. So well, that's lot not people. fair. <laughs> it's right. That's what I'm saying. Will Pauling's going to do that to a lot of people. So. I think he's a good get. It is interesting, right? Whenever you talk about practice, if the defense is doing good inherently, it means maybe the offense is struggling a little bit, which we're going to talk about. I do want to get to this comment here. This is from guy. He says, what's on the whiteboard very quickly. I I managed to sneak into big 10 headquarters, found a secret agenda. So you can see they've added all these schools here. I think they're going to expand into Canada and annex that country. At some point, the big 10 empire, they're getting some boat insurance. They still have to get for PJ because that thing's sinking. And eventually they're just taking over the world. So that is what's on my my whiteboard right here. Let's get back into these. Here's another one that uh, I enjoyed seeing because we have talked about him so much. Uh, Really from the moment he committed to the moment he decommitted to the moment he recommitted. I've thought for a long time Jamal Howard is very possibly likely going to play this year. I think he brings unique special skills. Seeing him in practice and also looking pretty good. Uh, I feel good about my Jamel Howard as long as he can stay healthy. He got dinged mm-hmm. up today. But I feel pretty good about my Jamel Howard is going to play this year more than four games. I think you went over on yeah. that as well.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, that the big thing with him was is how are the guys ahead of him going to play this year? Because I think they'll reserve time on him if they can. But if if he is showing out and the guys ahead of him are just kind of just a guy, then, yeah, he's going to find his way onto the field because there's some physical tools there that the other two guys don't have and this is a weird year for defensive line. Like we could legitimately not have a true nose guard for most of the season. Like we could be stuffing guys that are de- big defensive ends in the middle if we play the 245. So I mean there's some really weird things that we may do from a, from alignment standpoints, but you know, Jamel is a guy who you know, the sky's the limit for him in terms of what he provides. And if if we can get Neal to play at a high level and we can get uh, Piaz to play at a high level too, then maybe the defensive line is going to be better than we thought. It sounds like Rodas Johnson's had a really good start to camp too.
0: We've heard that every camp. I know John. We
1: have. We have. I, I understand. We, we agree with this. It. I did. <laughs> I, no, no, I'm not getting sucked in. He's got to prove it to me. Right. Like, but I think there, there's some tools there with him. It will be interesting uh-huh. to see how the defensive line is utilized. If If we find out that these guys were being held back by scheme before, or maybe there's a little more under the hood than we thought. And I would love to see that. But we'll find out. Um, you know, these guys are going to have to to show it on the defensive line. It'd be great if we didn't have to rely on just the outside linebackers or in or middle linebackers to create pressure.
0: I agree. We've talked about that a lot. Um, my next takeaway here: let's talk quarterbacks a little bit. Mordecai sounds like he's been solid, uh, okay. not spectacular, but solid. Uh, and then Tanner or Braden Locke had a really rough day today. Multiple yeah. picks was pulled. Again, two interesting things here. The first is I would say it doesn't bother me that much. Locke has. Yeah. He's a I mean, a redshirt freshman in a first year in this system against a mm-hmm. pretty seasoned defense. So mama said, there's going to be days like this. I'm not yeah. that worried about it. Um, and he's not the starter this year. Like that. He's, if he was the starter and that was the scouting board, you'd say, Oh my gosh, he's not the yeah. starter. It's fine. Um, the other one that is interesting though, and we've talked about this, but Burkett's still ahead of Evers, right? It sounds mm-hmm. like Burkett got uh, some second team reps. Evers got some fourth team reps. Again, I've, I've said it before. I, I don't think the writing's going to be on the wall there with Evers, and I know it's early. I'm not closing the book, and I'm not rooting against him. No, but yeah. I think I think we're seeing something here that's developed into a trend.
1: Yeah, him not pushing for third team reps is concerning to me. Like you, you've now had since you know spring ball to kind of get your grasp of the offense, and the fact that you can't get on the field to show even on third team reps. Starts to make me wonder what what exactly is the holdup here, you know, and are are you just struggling to grasp, you know, what's going on? I will say this: I I think offensively, I don't have many worries about Mordecai and Locke. Even you know, I think these guys are just kind of getting in rhythm with the offense. It's a lot easier to do that on defense than it is the offense because you're so reliant on the other guys to be in the spots that you're expecting. And I think that guys just get naturally kind of into a certain pace on offense like you get comfortable with what you're going to expect to see and the defense kind of dictates you know its own speed for the most part they they are reacting to you and just going whereas offense kind of has to be in rhythm and in timing so it can take a little bit for those guys to start clicking if this is still rough like this in a week then then we can start to look at it and be like all right at some point this has got to start clicking and I'm not saying it has to be all world, but it needs to start sounding more consistent and that they're getting more wins. But I, I do think that the offense has players and I think that they'll get it done. There's so many weapons this year that they're going to have, on the, especially a wide receiver.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's very well said in terms of the timing of this. Right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Justin um, and your comments on expansion, a lot to get into there. Justin definitely disagrees with me on some of the points, <laughs> um, but a bunch of comments in that agree with me, Justin. So maybe we just focus on those. <laughs> Uh, that's coming up next on lockdown Badgers. make sure you stay tuned for that plus your comments but first we're gonna get into our friends of the show uh good friends of the show over at ebay motors um i've talked several times about getting carjacked listen my car got destroyed almost my trans am i had named her april if i had eBay motors i, I could have had a much easier job getting my car back together because ebay motors is there to find the right fit for every part on your car um you don't have to fumble around with a bunch of different makes and models you just Go to eBay Motors, guaranteed fit, and you hit your you add your car to my garage and look for the green check to know which part will fit or your money back. Um, there's over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game. In no time, I could have got my car jacked, car back in the game, and it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Just like in sports, you need the right parts. eBay is there to get you the right parts for your car, whether it's just due to an old car or yeah, like me getting carjacked get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit is only available to us customers eligible items only exclusions do apply all right let's justin let, let's um get some expansion talk here i i went live today cuz i was just so amped up about it um
1: just yeah, you had that- you had me feeding you tweets all day long about what's going on and ryan's like no this <laughs> needs to stop
0: I'm like I'm like that meme that says like, no, please stop. Um, I I don't I don't love it to recap. I don't think those schools moved the needle a ton, and I don't think it needed to happen right now. Um, but Justin, I want to don't
1: tell that to the Oregon and Washington people who think that they are embracing uh, see, us with their presence.
0: I already have some comments in my live show. Um, let's see, it was. Now that Washington's here, the real dubbed here. I have another one that said Wisconsin is getting knocked down several more pegs. Uh, That was from an Oregon fan. Um, So, yeah, I already have several comments, but I get that from fan bases, right? Uh, Justin, where are you at on this? And then I want to get into a bunch of your comments as well.
1: Well, I think it significantly boosts the middle part of the the Big Ten. And we talked about this, and I compared it to the composite ranking on, on 247. What this does is it dilutes the bottom of the Big Ten. The guy, the teams that we looked at that were kind of dead weight. That like a win against, like for Wisconsin beating Indiana or Purdue or Rutgers or whoever. That doesn't move the needle nationally for as a win when you're looking at a resume for for going into the playoffs. A win against Washington or or Oregon for any team in the Oregon, Oregon. Do I? I, get to, so I got to stop. Oregon.
0: You got you got black for that by the way. I know.
1: I know is uh, it's got to be – that's the type of win that's going to move the needle. That's going to be considered a quality win going forward. Um, I think it ba- it helps to balance out the Big Ten in general if you're looking to go back to divisions or whatever. There's Because if we're going to do it geographically, the West was the side that was a problem. Well, now if you're adding Washington, or Oregon, and USC, you can now say that that's getting much closer to being balanced. Wisconsin legitimately would have teams on that side that you can look at and be like, Hey, they run the table with this group. They've, they've accomplished something. So you're, you're getting a lot more balance from the the conference in terms of what you being, what teams are looking at going forward. It's going to give more opportunity to stack quality wins in a season. So you have more opportunity that if you do stub your toe against somebody, you can still keep yourself in the, in it. Whereas like if, If Wisconsin would have lost a game against anybody but Ohio State and Michigan before, we're pretty much out for the season. Like one loss was basically going to cost us any hope of a playoff.
0: Well, outside of maybe a Penn State or a good Iowa team, there are some, but your point is taken. The the bottom of the Big Ten stinks. It does. It does. And I I do – that is a point that I very much agree with you on. Uh, If you're just looking at it from a merit standpoint, Washington and Oregon are far more deserving of being in a good football conference than Indiana, Illinois, (laughs) Maryland, Maryland, Rutgers, honestly, Nebraska at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, so that's a very good point. Northwestern, uh, like (laughs) what is going on here? Um, Let's get a couple of these comments here. I want to react to some more of uh, these comments talking about uh, conference expansion. This one here um, was from Bird Dogger, Notre Dame and Clemson to round out the big 20. Followed up with, because I know you want to talk about Notre Dame, so I wanted to get a couple of Notre Dame comments on here. Followed up with Mark D that said, please know my dad is a Notre Dame grad and I wouldn't hear the end of it. So I've been on record as saying I would love Clemson and Notre Dame in the Big Ten. I think those would be huge gets. I think they would open up no uh, recruiting opportunities in the Southeast, and I think Notre Dame is one of the ten most marketable programs in college football. So where are you at on potentially still going after Clemson, Notre Dame, good idea, bad idea, and the, where are you at on the hubris of Notre Dame? I know you wanted to talk about that as well.
1: Well, I mean, they're hands down the most arrogant fan base I've ever seen. Like they're they, they basically have this attitude that they can come trotting into the Big Ten anytime they want to, and I don't agree with that standpoint. I think there is a legitimate point where the Big Ten says we have too many teams and we don't need you anymore. We have enough quality depth in the league that, yes, it would be great to have you as a flagship program, but we don't need you to get any of the teams that we have here to where we want them to go. So any of our top teams have a good season. They're going to the playoff. It's just is what it is. Now. I also think that there's like, look at it this way. If Notre Dame was this desirable, their TV deal would show the same as it is as what we're seeing for every share that the big 10 has. It's not because a lot of it is dependent on the teams that they play, which their schedule stinks. It just does. They don't really play anybody unless they play Clemson throughout their schedule. That's really the only team that moves the needle as long if USC is no longer on their schedule due to being in the big 10. So if you're looking at it, you have one team that you can really look at and be like, that's going to be a good game. Everybody else is kind of, they should win that game. They're going to be a a seven or more than seven point favorite going into the game. Um, I, I just think if we get to 24 teams, they're, they're out. It, it, that's I, I'd be shocked if we got to that. I think legitimately at this point, the only way we go to 24 is with a team like Clemson and Notre Dame. And that would be if we took two other teams and I don't know who we would take right now. Like there's legitimately nobody that I look at that I'm like, yeah, this is a team that we have to take to get to 20. I suppose I, if they're really big on the Florida teams, one of the Florida teams that might move the needle, but I'm not sure how gung-ho they are to take any of those teams.
0: I think getting into Florida from a recruiting standpoint would be huge, Um, and I think that'd be the reason to do it. Bo Bo Dragon does say I'd rather watch UW play Oregon than Indiana. Yep, that's That's exactly how I feel. That speaks to your point there, Justin, and that's that's a valid take. Um, I I will say this: I think Notre Dame has an open invite to any conference they want whenever they want because of their brand. I I hear your point. There might be a a spot where if we continue growing it, I just think Notre Dame is right now. It is for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely is for sure. I don't like them.
0: But I, would, yeah. I think they're that marketable. Um, uh, Poe Draken says they should have checked Northwestern, Indiana, and Rutgers. Send them to the Who Cares 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dom says I agree. Kathleen Burroughs says uh, they can't divide the big into the East-West again. That flopped.
1: That's going to be three. It's going to yeah. have to be. Yeah, or four. Three or four. It's going to be dependent upon how they have to do it geographically. But they'll figure something out.
0: Let's see. Um, a couple more interesting things in here with expansion. Greg Linsencom says, could we possibly pull a couple teams from the SEC? I would be shocked if that happened.
1: Who would you want? Like the teams that we would actually be able to pull are not going to be teams that we want to add. Like the
0: SEC would give us Vanderbilt, but that doesn't yeah. help us.
1: Yeah. Do, do we want Missouri? No. No. Do we want, Missouri Yeah. Off. Yeah, exactly. No, like, I, there's, there are teams that are in these divisions. Like nobody that's a top team from another conference. Is, is likely to come other than the ones that we just grabbed. Clemson, I, I suppose, would be one that you could mark down. But thats I feel like that's going to be kind of – if we get Clemson or Florida State, it's going to be because of politics involved in, and those other schools that are in those states don't want to deal with them coming in. They want to be the number one team in that conference from there. Just like South Carolina doesn't want to deal with Clemson and you have Florida who would be like, why do we want Florida State being added? We're, mm-hmm. we're the number one SEC team right now. What
0: we've seen though, because this has played a couple times, like Texas A&M, even though they weren't a flagship or a founding SEC member, they didn't want Texas. It didn't matter because mm-hmm. it was better for the conference. USC clearly didn't want Oregon. It didn't matter. I, th- I think if it's better for the conference, so over even I, even.
1: I four think members. I think that's dependent upon if the team that they're you're bringing in is better than the team that is there that's already, right. and I think that's where Clemson could have an argument over over South Carolina. The old ball coach is gone and that school has not been the same. Um, Florida over Florida State, I could see them having the power to be like, listen, we, we've legitimately been a quality team in the SEC. No, we're not letting them in. And I think that those two teams are pretty much equals if you kind of look at them overall for probably the last mm-hmm. decade.
0: I could see that. Uh, Dom S. says, it sucks. Should have just been Oregon, USC from the beginning. Adamado says still meh on expansion. Uh, expansion. Keith Janke says it's okay with Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten. I think we should be and not recruit both teams. The expansion might benefit Wisconsin if they bring back divisions. Um, yeah, I I think it. I just I don't see the huge benefit with Oregon. I just don't. And but I've already explained my point on that.
1: I will say this. I think UCLA actually provides value, but they need to get the right coach in there. Like that is a school that can can legitimately be a top. 10 program if they get the right set of circumstances there. Number one, they needed to get to the big 10 financially because the school is hurting from a, from a uh, athletic standpoint. This is a big deal for them. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then they need a coach that legitimately moves the needle in terms of recruiting. If they start pulling in studs and recruiting, they will be a problem. Mm -hmm. We've seen UCLA. It's been, it's been a long time, but we've seen UCLA be a really good team.
0: And they're going to get Uh, I mean, listen, coming to the Big Ten, part of the reason you come here is to get the resources to help build NIL departments, recruiting. I mean, they're going to get better barring disastrous coaching hires. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. uh, Let's see a couple more here. What was this question here? Mitch Ames says, was supposed to say Missouri gets you the St. Louis and Kansas City markets. Missouri tried to get into the Big Ten, and the Big Ten said Mm -hmm. no. Like, so that ship has sailed. Um, It is what it is. I'm not saying those markets are terrible. I just – Missouri doesn't have uh, enough
1: ball. Yeah. And I don't think they're a good enough team. They just aren't like, they've had a couple of uh, solid years in the sec, but they basically beat up on the bad teams that are in the sec. And that's, that's their ceiling. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Vanderbilt or Kentucky or whoever they might, they might pull an upset here or there, but they're really basically an eight and four type team
0: mm-hmm. at a ceiling. So, mm-hmm. all right, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Mark D finishes off here, says, oh, coming on the clinical finish off here, said uh, Notre Dame running out of teams to play. Let's see how much NBC ponies up for their next TV contract. Justin, that's your point. I do really like a weird conspiracy theory where the Big Ten just kept hitting their head against the wall, like Notre Dame, Notre Dame. And finally they're like, you know what, what if we just steal every team that Notre Dame plays?
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of what I said. Like, yeah. it would be so easy. To, like, that would have been the 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 reason to take both USC and Stanford. Oh, these are two of your traditional rivals. Cool. We're taking them from you. The we're not going to the let them play you unless you come into the conference.
0: Only like the, problem, the only problem is then we have Stanford in the conference, which again, from an yeah. academic point, I get.
1: Yeah. They're, they're the big loser. That that's the, yeah. the the one thing that didn't get talked about isn't getting talked about enough. I could see Stanford going independent because I think it's it's almost the best fit for them. They really don't have a conference that they fit other than academically being in the Big Ten. And same with Cal. Like they both fit the academic profile of the big 10. They do not fit the athletic profile. right That's now. the problem.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll wrap it up there. Obviously a bunch more content coming up. Uh, practice. We have linebackers preview coming up. I still have an interview with Raphael Dunn's head coach. Colin Cumberley is on the docket. Uh, Mandel's on the docket. So a lot more content coming up. Um, yeah. Appreciate everybody coming in. Justin, appreciate the, the discussion. I think um, your points are very well thought out on this. So. Maybe I'll change my mind 1% and come a little closer to the middle.
1: (laughs) All right, 99 to 1. There we go.
0: (laughs) On Wisconsin. We're going to talk to everybody tomorrow.